and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. On today's episode, you will meet a woman who has experienced the ups and downs of life, both in business and in finances. From being self-employed to going broke, only to build a successful business and burning out, this woman now lives a life where her business is designed to support the life that she wants to live. And the best part of this is that she will be sharing those secrets of success with us today. It is an absolute pleasure to have this woman on the show. Let's give a superhero by design welcome to Erin Bradley. Erin, welcome to the show. Hey, Ace, thank you for having me. And I love the the intro and I love the name of your podcast. I'm like feeling honored here that I am being introduced as a superhero. Love that. Well, I am excited to have you on the show today. For everybody listening, Aaron is a speaker and trainer, best-selling author, and host of the real estate podcast, Pursuing Freedom. For more information on her and her services, go to her website, pursuingfreedom.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at Pursuing Freedom Official. All right, for anybody listening, they know I start off with very tough questions for my interviews. So I'm going to start the same way I always do. You ready for it? Ready as always. <laughs> All right, perfect. How are you doing today? Awesome. Every day is a good day, you know? My joke, my motto is that the goal is to live a life you don't need a vacation from. So I try to treat every day like it's it's a vacation day, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, it's it's interesting. We were talking before the show. I told you I'm from Nashville. Not originally from here, but when I moved here a few years ago, I remember meeting a guy, he was a, a craftsman, a very good uh, carpenter. And he was telling me that he, when he and his family moved here from Michigan, that since they moved here, they have not had a single day where they feel like they've been working. They feel like moving to Tennessee, moving to Nashville, they have been living a vacation every single day of their lives. And so I came to Nashville thinking, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to have a vacation every single day while I work and enjoy my life, start my family, yada, yada, yada. However, that did not end up happening that way. I traded my 40-hour work week for a 100-hour job where I was my own boss. And let's just say I wasn't the nicest boss to myself. And so I love what you do for anybody that follows you or wants to learn more about you, definitely check out your website because this is your mission is essentially to teach people, to show people how to live a life where, yes, we work. Yes, we have our mission, but it doesn't feel like we are working. It feels like we're on vacation every single day. And before we jump into that, because I feel like that is so important, I want the audience to get to know you a little bit, get a little bit of your background and know where you've come from to where you are today. So if you could uh, tell us a few things about your background and what you've gone through to get here, that would be fantastic. Sure. So I was listening to something that you had out there on YouTube recently about when you were a, a child and you were being coached by people that couldn't do the things they were you know, yelling at you to do. And, um, and I was thinking back to my childhood as well and how it plays such a, an important part in in sort of setting that course of where you may find yourself over the, you know over the course of your future, 
I grew up outside Philadelphia, youngest of five kids. My dad was stockbroker, financial planner. Um, all four of my older siblings went to good colleges in the Northeast and then promptly went into corporate America. And so I just assumed that was my path. And, you know, I went to Boston College, got a business degree. And by the time I was graduating, one of my older sisters had been climbing the corporate ladder in D.C. and New York City and really, you know, quote unquote, killing it professionally. And she was having her first child and decided to leave her career and, and be a, a stay at home mom. And at the time I was coming out of college thinking to myself, well, I think I'd like to have a family someday. So if, if this is my path and, and I'm going to end up having a similar story, then I want to be selfish right out of college and do some adventuring and kind of avoid the quote unquote real world for a little bit. So I, <laughs> I got a job at Outback Steakhouse, much to my parents' chagrin, and started saving money for some adventures. I kayaked the coast of Mexico for a month um, off the grid. And then right before I left for that, I, I sent some money to a program in Barcelona and came home and bartended my butt off and saved some money and went to Barcelona to get certified to teach English as a second language and ended up staying there for two years teaching English, making very little money, living like a hobo, you know, came back to the States and met my husband the day I got off the plane and got quickly into bartending and teaching Spanish. And before long, we had the opportunity to move to Colorado, to Denver. And I knew that I, I wanted to get back to some more sunshine after being in Spain for a couple of years. So I was like, let's do this for a couple of months. And that was 2005. And as you know, as they say, the rest is history. So we've been in Colorado ever since. And about a year into being here, I was teaching English as a second language and bartending to pay some bills. And uh, somebody approached me and suggested that I'd be good for the mortgage business. And I remember my response was a hard no. At this point, I, I was not called to corporate America. And so in my mind, this meant wearing the female suit and sitting at the big mahogany desk. And I thought, this is not for me. Um, they said, just meet this guy. He's actually... He's from Colombia. It's a small Latino mortgage company. They need a bilingual American. And I think you'll like it. So I decided to meet with him and I saw the life of the footloose and fancy free or so I thought, right? So everybody was coming to work in jeans and t-shirts. They were a small group of friends. Um, and when they had closings, they'd put on the suit and go to closing and they were just a fun group. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm going to go into the mortgage business. So I started with a salaried position. And before long, I thought, I want the footloose and fancy free. I want to be self-employed. I don't want to have a boss. I want to do whatever I want. So I went 100% commission in 07 and probably fell flat on my face. So by the summer of 2008, I was about $35,000 in credit card debt. I was maxed on all my credit cards. I was flailing and I got a referral for a new client. And I literally had to ride my bike in July in Denver five miles across town to meet this client because I didn't have enough money for gas. And I was so desperate for this transaction to turn into a paycheck, right? And I, I was trying to figure out what do I even wear? You know, I have to look professional, but be able to ride a bike. So I, I get there early to the Starbucks and I'm hoping that the sweat will dry off before the client arrives. And I, I go into the coffee shop and I, I go to order my coffee. And unfortunately the client also arrived early and introduced himself to me as my credit card was being declined for a $2 cup of coffee. And I, I didn't know what to do because I thought to myself, that's the card I thought would work. So I didn't want to try another card and God forbid that one get declined too. And then the gig is up, you know, the truth is out. <laughs> so I just lied. I was like, that's so weird. It's my debit card. I, 
I don't know. I don't, I'm going to have to call the bank. And, you know, the guy bought my coffee. And I just remember being so mortified and thinking that I'm, I, you know, I'm just at rock bottom financially. And I called my dad at the time because he had gone 100% commission in his 20s. And I just asked him, I was like, this is really hard. I don't have enough money to pay my bills. The electric bill is coming. You know, we have, ironically, we had, we did have a house at this time. We had bought our first house when I got into the mortgage business. I thought to myself, I should probably own a home. And so we had bought a very inexpensive home and, you know, we had a mortgage payment and I just was freaking out. And he said, do you think you're going to be good at this someday? And I thought to myself, yeah, I think I could be. And he said, well, you just have to do whatever it takes. And I think that advice was helpful. I will come back to that in a moment, but I did whatever it takes. And I probably opened more credit cards and bought internet leads, whatever that means in 2008 and hired a coach, which seems counterintuitive. A lot of people will resist hiring coaches because they assume they have to wait until they have enough money to get the coach. And it's like, but it, it kind of, it works from the inside out, right? Like you need the mentorship and guidance and support. So the coaches were great and I was desperate. So I just said, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And for a couple of years there, that's what I did. And I'm sure you can relate. It was a grind. It was like swimming upstream. Every day felt like, putting on my big girl pants and muscling through. And it, it had to feel like really hard work to get to where I needed to be to pay my bills. And I did get some traction. I mean, I followed the plan and I, I truly did whatever it takes. And, and closing started happening and the money was fine, but it wasn't until 2011, I'd been in the business at this point, four years. And I read The Go-Giver. Have you ever read that, Ace? No, no, I haven't read that one. Okay. It's one of the best books for anybody listening. And it's not just for salespeople. It's a philosophy for life. But the, the, the philosophy is that the goal is to give more in value than you hope to receive in payment. And up until this point, all the marketing strategies I had been given were about do this activity so you can get money. And there was an inherent resistance there because it felt self-serving. And I was desperate and I needed the money. So I was willing to do the work, right? But there was some disconnect. I was not aligned with the strategy of making money the object and make money my goal and putting money in my pocket is, is my purpose here. And so when I read a book that was all about giving more value and that there's a law of reciprocity and that you can give value above and beyond what you get paid to do, it just clicked for me. And it woke me up and I developed a strategy that allowed me to come from a place of contribution, even when people don't need my services. And ultimately, my business more than doubled, seemingly overnight. And in the process, I started talking with real estate agents as a mortgage lender, people that I would meet and, and have really honest conversations about how difficult my journey had been and that things didn't click for me until I stopped making my agenda and my need the primary purpose of my day, right? Mm -hmm. And instead yeah. make others' needs the purpose of my day. And then coming from a place of curiosity instead of from a place of sales. So I kind of refer to it as the anti-sales approach because I really, really struggled with feeling salesy, being seen as salesy, feeling like I'm doing this activity to line my own pockets. It just what wasn't working. Um, and all of a sudden everything changed and my business started kind of doubling overnight. And by 2000, end of 2012, I was burning out big time. I was working 24 seven. I was pregnant with my second child. I remember looking forward to taking a maternity leave, like some kind of sick vacation. 
I'm going to get a break, but I'm about to have a second child. It's like, this isn't really a break. But um, the, it, the crazy thing is that here I was, things were working out, right? I was having more fun. I was feeling more authentic. I was making an impact on people's lives. It felt really good. And my business, the business and financial seemed to start showing up as the byproduct instead of the object I was chasing. And for all intents and purposes, it looked good from the outside looking in, right? The money was good. And I was becoming adept at convincing myself to suck it up and survive and just get through this busy month or just get through this transaction. And then I'll get back to living. And so at the end of that year in 2012, I was talking with some women that were, you know, ahead of me in the game, if you will, right. a little bit older than me, had been in the business a little bit longer. Their kids were slightly older, but for, for all, you know, for all of their purposes, they were similar to me as moms and and they were successful in the business and more successful than me. And so I asked them, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you, you guys do this. I'm, I'm hitting this amount of volume and I'm drowning and I feel like I'm working 24 seven and I'm always tethered to my phone and I'm never present. And they admitted that they were the same or worse. So they were putting their kids to bed at eight o'clock and then working on files at home until 10, 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning. I even had a manager that joked that if his wife hadn't if they hadn't met while in the mortgage business, his wife might think he's having an affair because sometimes he doesn't get home from the office until one o'clock in the morning. And it just woke me up and shook me to the core because I thought to myself, this is not the life of footloose and fancy free that I envisioned when I took this leap of faith all those years ago. And what am I even aspiring to? Because no amount of money is worth this to me, in my opinion. So what ended up happening was I considered quitting the business in 2013. I I really just was surviving my own success. And ultimately I, I did not quit. Luckily, I, I made a decision at the end of 2013 that I needed to scale and I needed to get help because I see this all the time. It doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent or a mortgage lender or any other entrepreneur, as you referred to working a hundred hours, you know, a week. The reality is that we all have a capacity for time, energy, and enthusiasm. There's not actually a capacity for financial independence, financial freedom, business, transactions, whatever you want to call it. Our bottleneck is not our ability to add value to people's lives and have a financial ROI as a, as a byproduct. The, the bottleneck is when we start to feel our energy and our time and our enthusiasm become compressed and ultimately suffocating. So when people have experienced burnout in the past, like I have, the burnout was almost as painful, if not more painful than the feeling of being broke. So both ends of the spectrum have their own level of stress. And what I see is that we admire the quote, the successful, right? The external right. success. We see somebody who's doing well financially in business and we look up to them and we, we think we are want to aspire to be like that. But the more I masterminded with other, you know, top producers, and had accountability groups and had coaches and had friends behind closed doors, I saw a ton of highly successful external success, highly successful people drowning or miserable or resentful of their own success and other areas of their life, whether it's their health or their relationships were crumbling, but it looks so good on social media. So, oh, it does. Yeah. you know, I started to really explore this because here's, Here's the people that are burning out and they're either masters at sucking it up 
and they're settling and they're surviving because they're afraid of losing what they've built. So it's a different kind of fear. Or I work with people that tell me I made $250,000 last year and I was miserable. So I'm fine with 150. So they try to resist their innate growth orientation. And I believe as human beings, we're all programmed to expand and want to learn and grow and improve over, over the lifespan, right? And so when we want to, when we start to resist our potential and pull back, take the foot off the gas and try to slow it down a little bit, most often what happens is the momentum comes to a screeching halt because momentum needs attention to continue to move. And so we can't resist momentum and expect it to somehow stay somewhere in the middle. So that's where you see people on this roller coaster where they, they, their business slows down, they know what to do. So they go do the action and then the business comes in and they approach burnout again. And then they take their foot off the gas. They're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, I don't want that again. And so the third option is the only option is to scale. So I just made a commitment to myself to, to enlist some help. And I did that in 2014. And so from that point forward, you know, I brought on my first team member who was a great friend of mine, one of my best friends actually, and trained her up in the business. And then the business more than doubled again. So it was like, okay, this works, right? You can't do it all alone. You can't do it all, all the time. And the reality is most of us don't have the energy or enthusiasm to do all the things all the time consistently, nor do we have the skill set or the passion for it. So it is scary to enlist the help of others. But as you do that, you open doors for others. You can add value to your team, team members' lives. And in the process, you can expand your reach. You can add more value, have a greater impact on the hearts and minds of the people that you care about and want to serve. So after that, you know, the story just continued to unfold. And I ended up publishing my book, Pursuing Freedom, which is be yourself, increase your referrals and have more fun growing your business. And that led to starting the podcast. And as I started interviewing top producing real estate professionals, authors, coaches, et cetera, in the real estate space, it was so fun to explore the diversity of individuals that find success, but more importantly, happiness. Not success at the expense of your happiness and your joy and your energy and your enthusiasm, not playing small, thinking that you're going to be more energetic and enthused and happy if you play small, because that's not aligned either. And instead, look for the best of both worlds and be interested in, in the, the adventure of life, right? Just the game of life. And when things don't feel aligned and something is becoming compressed, you know it energetically, your, your light becomes extinguished and you feel it going out. And so if you're someone listening who feels like you can relate to giving from an empty well, to putting on your game face, to win that client interaction or transaction, and then you get home and you collapse for your loved ones and they get none of you, there's a better way and it's easier. And so all these things, you know, every time we approach the the burnout or the our light being extinguished there's fear there's always fear right we can't there's no one that we admire that doesn't have fear the fears just change over time and so when we approach that we just have to be willing to say what are my priorities in life and why am i doing this because what's the point of being self-employed if it's going to rob you of your ability to love your life and if you're making excuses for why you can't take a vacation without working while you're on vacation or why you're so lucky to make this money and it's, it's fine to just suck it up and be miserable. No, it's not fine. It's like we have one shot at this. And so I just, as, as a person who started the podcast, the, the coaching started to evolve. I continued to scale my mortgage business um, 
and collaborate with other people that were scaling and other coaches and mentors. And eventually in, in 2022, I, I joked that I retired from the mortgage business after almost 17 years. Um, so I'm coaching full-time now. And then we are really big into investing in real estate and, and learning about different types of passive income strategies and ultimately just building that, the passive income to the path of freedom. Um, and we just continue to experiment. You know, we moved to the mountains to a ski town from Denver in 2016. And I had a million stories about why I can't or why I shouldn't or why I have to wait till I retire to do that bucket list item. And then it's like, you don't even know how long you're going to be here. So if you're not loving every minute of it, then really what's the point? And so we just started to develop, you know, adopt, I should say not develop, but adopt the motto, if not now, when go through all the worst case scenarios. Most often everything's reversible. Most often the worst case scenario is improbable anyway. So we leapt and we moved to the mountains and everything continued to expand. And then, you know, 2020 happened and we decided to go on a six month RV road trip and, and homeschool our kids and a million reasons why we can't or we shouldn't. And then it was like, well, if not now, when let's rewrite the crazy and the business continued to expand. And it seems like the more you focus on the light within you, the more energized and enthusiastic and excited you are about life, the more the business and financial seem to take care of themselves. Doors will always open the, the more you loosen the grip, the more you lighten up, have some fun, chase the fun and the light and let the business and financial follow that. It's like, I kind of equate it to a lighthouse in the storm, right? When the lights are on, the ships seem to come to port. When the light is out, nobody can find you. And we all have a light within us. And so my passion and mission is to recognize the light within others and to help you get access to the control switch so that you can bring that electricity to the surface where it's bubbling and it's magnetic and you become unstoppable. And there's a line from a book where like, where you change, you shift your attention where work was the whale in the bathtub with life squished in around the edges. And you put life as the whale in the bathtub. And you figure out how to be more organized, more disciplined, more decisive with what you're willing to do within your business to ensure that you power that life vision. So it's kind of an inside out approach where a lot of the coaching that is out there is about what action do I need to take to solve my problem? What action do I need to take to fill my void? We're expecting the external world to fix what's going on within us when in fact the light is out. So if we can get the light on, the inspired action will come. The ideas and the inspiration and the new relationships and the doors opening, it's all waiting for us. But we have to figure out how to get inside first before we figure out what to do externally. So it's just a lot more fun. And so it's, I have no idea what the future holds because we just keep going with the flow and the, you know, the next door will open and we'll move into that thing. I mean, my son just turned 13 and, and we just bought our eighth property that we've lived in. He's lived in eight homes and he's 13. Oh my so yeah. my daughter was joking, like when we get our forever home, I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so I just really don't know what the future holds. It's like, just say yes to life and let life live you and see where the adventure takes you. And uh, it's been a really fun ride and, and it's going to continue to be really fun. So that's the long sorted story in a nutshell. <laughs> no, I appreciate you sharing that. Your story is incredible. And the great thing about your story is anytime somebody tells a story, they're so powerful because we can put ourselves in everyone's story because there's so many things that we all 
experience, like from when you were talking about first going into what you considered corporate America, becoming a broker, you know, we have all these stories of how life should be, what people tell us or what we view as the American dream or how to live our lives. Like you said, you didn't want to jump right into corporate America. You saw what your sister was doing. You wanted to take what some people call a gap year and just get a job where you can make some money, go on adventures, live your life. And what I see as a big, a big change in your life. And I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs experience this is there's the difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. And we're, when we're chasing money, no matter how much money that is, whether it's a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, if you're chasing the money, that's still a scarcity mindset because the number doesn't matter at that point. And the transition that I see from your story is that you went from scarcity to complete abundance because once you started looking at yourself inward, like you talked about lighting your own light, having it be an inside out job. Once you start doing that, now your bucket is overfilling. So now you can pour into everybody around you and there is an unlimited supply of that. And I, I just love how you talk about that because you're absolutely right. A lot of coaches say, do ABC, XYZ, here's how you're going to succeed. And, you know, I've, I've fallen victim or there are no victims, just volunteers. I was a volunteer for that. And the funny thing is no matter what route you take in business or real estate or what have you, and if you try to copy somebody else, it's not going to work because that's not you. That's not how you live your life. So I, I appreciate you sharing your story because it sounds like, yeah, scarcity to abundance outside inward. And I just love, you had mentioned one of the uh, videos that I did about uh, coaches when I was a kid um, and kind of being hypocrites with how they choose to live their lives, but they're telling me to live a life a certain way. The thing I love about you uh, from the little that I know you is that you are teaching from a place of experience. You've walked this walk. You've experienced this. You've gone through the eye of the needle, so to speak. And now you're able to share with other people and guide them on a similar journey to not only discover themselves, but to really transform their lives from the inside out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because as I said before, you know, fear doesn't go away. There's no one that we admire that doesn't experience fear or self-doubt or worry or exhaustion or overwhelm or insecurity. I joke that it doesn't make you special. It just makes you human. Um, so when I think about the fact that anyone that you're looking to, who lives a life that you desire or has something that you want or whatever that might be, it's fine to look up to others and to be inspired to create for yourself. And all you need to know is that the only difference between you, where you are now and the life that you desire is the decision to do it. It's just decisions. People make decisions all the time in spite of their fear, insecurity, worry, overwhelm, doubt, etc. And they try and then they fail and they fall on their face and they get up and keep going. I have screwed up so many times over the journey of, of getting to where I am right now that it's almost laughable that now I can recognize that it doesn't define you. So if you're in a place right now where your light is out and you're extinguished, 
it's not permanent. It doesn't need to be permanent, nor does it need to define your ability to course correct and go in the direction that you want to go. Um, I remember back in 2019, I my business had gone down quite a bit in 2018, and I started out in the red in 2019. And I was committed to ensuring that all of my team members remained employed. And so I kind of decided to revert back to the version of me that was like, I'm desperate. Tell me what to do. I know how to do it. Let me just put my nose to the grindstone, hustle and muscle through this, and I'll get this volume back up. And I did. Over the course of six months, got my closings from three a month to 17 a month. And now I did it while skiing 75 days a year. And I took five weeks of vacation that year. And, you know, additionally spent about six weeks total camping on the lake in our camper that summer. And the kids were young. And so, you know, I was trying to do it all. But I remember getting to the quote unquote finish line of hitting my goal of 15 closings a month when we got to 17 that one month. And I was exhausted and, and frankly, kind of miserable. And I remember talking to my coach and saying, I feel like I've moored a ship to port only to realize I'm on the wrong island. This doesn't suit me anymore. And up until then, you know, I had team members in place, but I was still doing too much. I was running the podcast, coaching, speaking, the mom, I wanted to play. I was also still originating loans. So I was still meeting with clients, taking applications, managing. I had started my own branch of the company, running the PNL, doing all the marketing, everything, right? So at that point, I did a real, I, once again, just a scary, scary decision, but I had to be honest with myself. It was, there was an aspect of the business that was no longer fulfilling me. And so I handed the baton over to one of my team members and I was prepared for the worst because my fear, my brain was telling me what a terrible idea this was to step back when things were quote unquote going so well, right? But it's like, is it going well? Only you can answer that question. Are you well? Are you waking up excited, enthusiastic? Are you having fun? Does this job, does this role, whatever you do each and every day, are you lit up? Are you energized or are you drained? Only you can know that. And the truth is that it evolves over time. And far too many people stay stuck settling for the dim light mediocrity because that's what pays the bills. So their heart is trying to say, I'm longing for something more. I feel called to something different. And your head is so loud telling you all the reasons why you can't or you shouldn't or why you have to do this or you can't, you know, I could never. And so the loud like voices in our head are drowning out the heart. And you talked about like walking the walk and everything. And honestly, every time I do something that feels like, what are you thinking? <laughs> You're insane. I, I write down in my journal that, that this experiment can become an inspiration to somebody else. And that if I'm not willing to act in spite of my fear, then how am I ever going to ignite the flames of others, right? If I'm walking around with my light half extinguished, I can't possibly light up the people around me. And so it was terrifying. And I was shocked because the business ended up more than doubling again when I got out of my own way. And that's the reality is that we are our own bottlenecks. So often we're, we're blocking our true potential. We, we are, we're called for something more and there's resistance there. And resistance is usually in the form of some kind of fear or some kind of narrative that needs to be unpacked and rewritten into the affirmative, right? And um, 
same thing happened back in 2022. I, I was doing too much. We had set up an Airbnb down in uh, South Padre Island and we took the kids out of school for five weeks and homeschooled them while we went down to set up this fourplex. And at the time we weren't too worried about that because we had already done the six months on the road. So we were kind of comfortable with the idea of homeschooling, but the project ended up being a nightmare. It was like an HGTV disaster. <laughs> and so between that and, you know, the mortgage business industry was shifting last year and things like that. I actually decided I needed to take my own advice and subtract something. So I paused my podcast and I, I actually shut down my coaching groups because I needed to put all my full attention on the mortgage business. And six months later, I'm standing up on a stage in front of 200 realtors talking about this idea, this philosophy of not, I, I call it shooting all over yourself. Like, yep. I should do this. I should do that. Like, don't shoot all over yourself. <laughs> and it's like, or I can't do that, or I could never do that. And so I was giving this talk and I realized that once again, I was out of alignment. I was not living my truth. And I came home and I, I told my husband, I was like, I think I have to finally put down this this one ball that I'm juggling and it's the mortgage business is not the coaching. And, and it's scary because again, from the outside looking in, everything was going great. Why would I walk away from something that was going so well? I had scaled it to the point that I was only working five hours a week in that business. And it was, you know, financially successful, but it wasn't filling my cup anymore. And that is scary to admit. Yeah. And I leapt again, in spite of the hard conversations and everything has been absolutely glorious ever since. Like things just keep getting better and it's always on the other side of the scary leap. So it's just a challenge to know yourself and to listen to the voices in your head and hear what your head is saying, because it's often irrelevant. I don't want to say it's incorrect. It's completely irrelevant because fear is just believing in an imaginary future outcome that hasn't happened yet and is negative. And faith is the same thing. It's choosing to be like, well, what if it works? What if it works? You know? And then the more you do that, you're right. The more you start to, your well overflows and your light is shining so bright. You, you don't even know how often you're igniting the flames of those around you. And it can spread like a wildfire. It's just a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. But it's, well, it the, doesn't mean it's not scary is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you. And the energy we put out, as you know, we get back. And once you start living at a higher energy frequency, everything starts changing. You start attracting people, opportunities. Your decisions are more clear because you're in alignment with yourself. You know, I, I did a whole bunch of things about a year or so ago and wrote a book and started this podcast and I was doing so many things, but at the same time, like similar to you, I realized after a while that I was just burning myself out. You know, I, I had gone from working, you know, 80, hundred hours a week to probably over that seven days a week, waking up at three in the morning and not that working hard isn't a necessary component because if you want to do anything, you've got to work for it. But at the same time, if you're not aligned with working, it's like, I don't know if you're a golfer, but you can hit a hundred golf balls. But if you're having the wrong swing, you're not going to get to the ball to where you want to go, no matter how many times you swing. And if you're not in alignment with yourself, then yeah, you could be running around all the time. And the crazy thing is, like you said, when you are aligned with yourself, when you are listening to your heart or your gut, not necessarily your brain, 
then everything you start doing becomes fun. Everything you start doing becomes exciting. I love what you said earlier about if you're not waking up completely excited about your life and what you're doing, you're just out of alignment. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Yes, there's probably some big decisions you have to make in your life to align yourself properly, but you're in the coaching business. Like how many people do you talk to that have not even thought about alignment and energy and even the possibility of living a life where you can just have fun doing whatever it is you want to do. You can be completely fulfilled, even if it's something like accounting, you know, um, something that some people might, might totally hate, but like once you're in alignment, it's just like, that's a complete game changer. Well, I will say this. It's one thing, how you wake up, right? Is how you wake up. So if you wake up and you're frustrated about something or you're worried about something or you're tired or whatever, that's normal. That's human. You're not, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily jump out of bed like sunshine and rainbows singing. Yeah. Not so after I have my coffee anyway, but I, I take my time in the morning now to align myself, to, to turn that light on so that I can show up as the brightest version of myself with every interaction, whether that's with my kids or my spouse or my friends or, or at work. Um, a lot of people wake up and from the moment the alarm goes off, they're in their phone on the alerts in the rabbit hole of emails and texts and social media, which means that you've just allowed your attention, your energy, your light to be hijacked by the external world before mm. you've even begun. So from that point forward, you're off to the races and you're starting out behind. You're starting out with the light dim. So you have to do the work if you want to come from the inside out. And what I've found is that it's difficult for someone like me who and you probably who have done the grind, right? Where like, you know, setting the alarm, working make it's like I was very goal oriented and it was fun because I was like let me set this goal and then let me go tackle it let me set this goal let me go achieve it but it's almost like have you heard of the book the gap and the gain oh yeah 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 That's so when I read that it was like a wake up call because basically what Benjamin Hardy's saying is that far too many humans like specifically or primarily I guess in the in the United States Americans we are always moving the goalpost and we're never satisfied so until we get to the goalpost, then we convince ourselves we'll be good then, we'll be happy then. But because, like I said earlier, we're inherently designed to expand, we're always in expansion mode. We're always desiring something. There's nothing wrong with that. The question is, are you having fun along the way? Because it's unfolding. It takes time to get to, you can't get it all at once, right? And you wouldn't want it that way anyway. So as it's unfolding, are you enjoying it? And so now... It's interesting because I've what I've learned and with my coaching students is that we can get to the same destination, which is what are we longing for, right? We want financial security. We want to do well in our business. We want loving relationships. You know, we want all these things and we can get there and we can get there two different ways. We can get there like the person who's sucking it up and muscling through and pretending they're fine when they're miserable and they're missing their life in the process. Or we can slow it down a little and wake up to more inspired action where you're still taking action, but that action is coming from a place of contribution and clarity and connection and engagement. And it's lit up versus I'm muscling. I'm, I'm, I'm clinging on, I'm, I'm forcing it. I'm striving. 
and telling ourselves that happiness is in the future because that way of getting there does not fulfill. It doesn't bring you happiness. The happiness has to be the, the whale in the bathtub. And from there, everything else becomes limitless. And it's always in flow and it's always in motion. I like to use the analogy of, you know, being in a river and you're holding on to the bank of the river, which is where you are right now and where you feel safe. And you think that downstream is risky. It's scary. I don't know what's down there. So I'm better off just staying right here where I am. Just stay put. And unfortunately, while you might feel safe, it's not comfortable because over time you start to get tired and you get weary and it's painful but it, it feels better to you like mentally to stay here than to release the grip and go downstream. When in reality, every year you can look back and you'll know that you've made new relationships that have shown up in your path that have had a positive impact on your life. You have existing relationships that have deepened in the last year, which is evidence that there's plenty of people you haven't even met yet that are waiting to help you towards your next destination you can't see them because you're clinging on to where you are right now, trying to stay small. It doesn't work. So everybody has it within them. There's a calling for expansion and we have to, we have to go for it. You know, if we want to live the life of freedom and abundance that I think we all crave. Um, but it doesn't come up, come without its, you know, bumps and bruises. <laughs> no, that's right. So for everybody listening, what are some of the ways in which people can start aligning themselves with a lifestyle like that you had mentioned. And I agree with you too. Um, you just don't wake up in the morning as this like glow of energy. It's something you've got to work on, but I fall victim or volunteer to this from time to time as well as alarm goes off. And then my mind already jumps into work fight or flight almost like, okay, what do I have to do today? What's going on? And then I start looking at my emails, my my thing is, is emails first thing in the morning. And I love how you talked about that. Cause I always talk about power. Are you harnessing your power? Or are you giving it away? Well, going on the phone in the morning, that's already giving your power away. What, whether it's your business, you think you're being productive first thing in the morning, but you had mentioned doing things to align yourself so that you can feel and embrace that power within rather than giving it up to something else. Can you just talk a little bit about a, a couple, I guess, tools that the people listening could implement in their lives? Yeah. So I read The Miracle Morning for real estate agents in 2015, and it changed my life. Uh, back then, I was definitely still in hustle and grind mode. I hired my first team member in 2014, and the business more than doubled in, again in 2015. And then we were hiring more people and dragging bodies onto a speeding train, it felt like. And I was working 24-7 again. So it was counterintuitive with two toddlers and a, and a consuming business to wake up earlier and start my day with intention, but I did it and it did change my life. Uh, nowadays, I'm, I'm more interested in having the right amount of deep sleep. So I'm not super stressed about the time of day that I wake up. I mean, I naturally wake up early-ish, but I don't, I don't set an alarm for four o'clock in the morning and, and rip myself out of sleep in order to be more productive in a day. I feel like being rested is really important. Um, that said, I do have a routine that's evolved from the miracle morning. I get up in the morning. Um, I do a guided meditation on either the daily calm app or the insight timer I have, or um, there's stuff on YouTube that I'll listen to that light me up. And then I'll journal 
and I journal quite a bit, I will brain dump whatever's on my mind. If I'm tired, I write that down. If I'm, if I'm anxious, I'll write that down. And I just take the time to get it all out of my head to clear my head and then start focusing on the vision that I have at hand. So whatever I'm unfolding towards, right? Like whatever goals I have or things that I'm hoping to attract or whatever. And I put attention on affirmations. So I have 10 affirmations that I write and then I, I have them written and I read them every morning. Um, and then typically I'll, if I have a very tangible goal, I'll write that down over and over again, maybe 15 times. Like that could be a business goal. It could be a health goal, whatever. And I'll just write it down. So like when I was trying to get to 15 closings a month, I wrote, I love closing 15 a month with an exclamation and a smiley face. And I had a really strong why behind that, which had more to do with my team members than it did with me. And um, then I will read something inspiring or something that speaks to me. I reread I re books a lot. I have books highlighted. So sometimes, and I've got pages folded and sometimes I'll just grab a book that I know speaks to where I am right now or what I'm struggling with. And I'll just open it and read whatever is there. Um, and then often I'll take notes on that as well. And then I actually don't exercise in the morning. Um, the process that I take is about, I'll spend about two hours on that. So like today, it's eight o'clock my time that we were meeting. I was up at 5.30 to give myself ample time. Um, but typically I don't take appointments before 10 a.m. Unless by exception. So you're an exception, Ace. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't take appointments and I don't check email. Um, and here's why. As, as the driver of your life and your business, it's important that you put your oxygen mask on first. If you are responding to emails and reacting to inbound incoming distractions from the moment you wake up, you're essentially a passenger on the train that's going off the rails. So to get into the driver's seat requires purposeful intention and it's difficult. Like I'm a fast paced person and I've, like I said, I've had that life of hustle and grind. And I, and I, if I'm honest throughout that entire journey of hustle and grind, something wasn't quite aligned. And I was like the gap in the gain where I kept moving the goalpost and telling myself it'll be better when it'll be better when it's not better when no. you are better when you're better when you take care of you first. And the thing about email is that if you needed to get a hold of me, Ace, would you email me? Is that the way you try to get a hold of me right now? Uh, if you needed me urgently. No, no, I'd, I'd give you a call. Uh-huh. And if I don't answer? I'd leave a voicemail, send a text message. Send a text message, right? That's the way to get a hold of somebody if it's urgent. So when I started putting boundaries around my email, you can start small and have an out-of-office responder that just says, um, thank you for your email. Please note this inbox is not being monitored closely uh, as I'm tied up in appointments. Your your email is important to me and I'll get back to you within 24 hours. For urgent matters, please text me. So I'm opening the door that if it's urgent, they can text me. And what that did was prove to me that my clients are more discerning than I am about what's urgent. <laughs> so we're often treating non-time sensitive items as more urgent than they are because it makes us feel important. It makes us feel busy. It makes us feel like we've got something to do today. So if you send someone an email, you're typically assuming they'll get back to it when they get back to it. That's what the sender thinks. The recipient is the one creating the anxious energy around the speed to respond. And that's not what makes us a trusted professional. What makes us a trusted professional is when you show up present, calm, at ease, excited, 
prepared, whatever. I mean, so when we're distracted by email all day, every day under the illusion, that's what's best for our clients. We're literally doing a disservice to our clients because we are preoccupied. We are distracted. We might be physically present with somebody and mentally a million miles away because we're allowing so much distraction. It's really hard to resist it. So there's no perfection with it. It's just over time, it's just like lighten up. Some things are not that urgent and, and you don't need to be stressed out all the time because you're going at a breakneck pace in 20 different directions at once. Um, it's game changer. I mean, everything still gets done. It just gets done with a different vibration. Yep, yep, exactly. Now, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you had mentioned a, a few things about designing your life the way you want to design it. And I think something like email is so prevalent, social media also being something that uh, I, me personally, I, I don't scroll through it a lot, but I know a lot of people that I've worked with, yeah, will wake up and first thing they do is go on social media or the last thing they do at night is go on social media. So I appreciate you sharing your morning rituals because I think it's so important to both at the morning and the night to focus on yourself rather than what I had mentioned earlier, giving essentially giving your power away to something else or someone else. Um, you had mentioned another game changer for you was hiring a coach, hiring other people to scale your business and kind of getting yourself out of your, your own way. I feel like so many times as entrepreneurs, we think we can do it the best and we need to do it all ourselves. But I love how you talked about getting yourself out of the way, hiring somebody else and the business still doubled without you being in the way. And I feel like in, in a bigger way, our brains, the way we think we get in our, in our way so often. And so I appreciate you sharing about doing guided meditation. I, I meditate myself and it's so powerful to have some sort of meditation or even a, a, a prayer ritual, because that's such a great way to get out of your own head. You can start noticing what's going on and just letting go of it so that you can be at a, at a higher energy level and you can think a lot more clearly and just go through. So I appreciate you sharing all of those things. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, it's, it's a learned and practiced behavior. It's not the default. So my brain also goes immediately to my to-do list the moment I wake up. So if, if we can't eradicate every aspect of our, I mean, our brains are very powerful things, right? I teach a lifestyle and business design workshop every year at the end of the year that helps people arrive at a simple one page plan for their year ahead. And it started out as a business planning workshop. And I had failed when I tried to do like a 12 page business plan. I basically copied someone else's business plan, changed the numbers and then put it in a drawer and never looked at it again. So then the following year I tried on this one page business plan and um, I created a process to arrive at the goals from the heart instead of from the head. And it's powerful because much like in meditation, you might be sitting there in the quiet and all of a sudden this idea comes to you. Or maybe I'm writing the affirmations, like I, I love closing 15 a month. I'm awakening the subconscious part of my brain to this new reality that I'm trying to create that I've never experienced before. So of course it feels scary to even put the pin in the GPS. Like I talk about goal setting as like, you gotta drop the pin in the GPS even before you know how to get there. Because until you drop the pin, until you've decided you're going somewhere, 
then the path will not unfold. But once you do, the path unfolds and there's a lot of different routes and it can take different amounts of time to get there, et cetera. And so far too often, we are trying to think our goals into existence. So, or we're trying to think our results into existence. So we wake up in the morning, we start thinking and we think about who we should call and what we should do and how we're going to make that happen. And we, and we think, and we think, and we think, and it's like exhausting, right? And when you quiet the mind, your, your heart and your soul can be finally heard when it's not so loud up there with all the chatter. And that is the difference between forcing the outcome versus inspired action. Because when you feel like you've got this great idea and you just act on it, and it's inspired and it's from a place of contribution, it's usually the right activity. And it often means that you don't have to do so much activity to unlock the potential within you. You can do it with a different energy and with more ease and it will work the same way. And then from the goal setting perspective, it's the same thing. Like someone, a manager could give you a blank sheet of paper and ask you to write your goals. And you're gonna think, what should I do? What should I write? What should I, what does my manager think I should do? What should I do based on what I've done before? What's realistic? What's probable? So we don't dig deep into our heart and say, what, what would be a hell yes? We're just kind of like, well, I think this would be fine, right? So we're thinking, and as soon as you, if you think about something that would be like extraordinary, some bucket list idea you have that's coming from your heart, and you try to put that down on paper before doing the work to quiet the mind, your brain is going to instantly give you a yeah, but. So you could say like, it would be amazing to dot, 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 but, right? Your butt gets in the way of your dreams and your dreams come from within. And so we have to do this in, inner work to quiet the mind, to listen, to hear the heart because the heart knows. And I'm, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's, it really works. And I've, this is the practice. Like I was listening to something this morning that was like, if it feels like hard work all the time, the hard work. It should be on yourself. The hard work should be getting into alignment. It should be, it should be clearing the mind and listening to the heart. And that's the harder work, slowing down in order to speed up. And I can tell you that if I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm a spaz. <laughs> like I'm crazy. So for me to slow down is hard. You know what I'm saying? This is the hard work. But when I slow down, it seems like I get where I'm trying to go so much faster. And that brings us back to just the mantra of if not now, when, right? The goal is to build a life you don't need a vacation from. So I live a life that I love and I have, and I love my work and I bring love into everything I do because I take the time to love myself first. And that's hard. So that's the challenge right there. And, and again, and not seek perfection because we're not, ever going to be there's no finish line we don't ever arrive we just have to keep doing the work every single day exactly no i i really appreciate you putting it in that kind of terms because like the hard work is in getting into alignment the hard work is getting out of your head and into your heart because i agree with you 100 percent on everything you said as far as getting yourself aligned and getting to that higher energy level because you're going to be able to just jump into action, excited, enthusiastic, and enjoy the process as opposed to forcing yourself to grind and grind. I don't, you know, you ask most people about work and how to get success and their definition of success is I need to work hard and it's not going to be easy and it's going to be a grind. And if that's the meaning you give to success 
whether you're successful or not, you're still going to experience trials, tribulations. It's going to be hard. It's going to feel like a struggle and you're not going to enjoy the process. I I don't care how much you kid kid yourself. It's not going to be enjoyable. So I appreciate you saying that doing the hard work first, specifically in the morning, get yourself aligned, get your spirit aligned, your energy aligned, whatever, whatever you want to call it, whether it's God or the universe, it's essentially just aligning your energy with what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, the life you want to live. And like you said, you just don't wake up and default like that. You have to put in the time and the effort. Cause once you do that, I think there's, there's a line that says, win the morning, win the day. And I just love that because yeah, if, if you're aligning yourself properly, just like people that go to the gym all the time is if you're going to the gym every day, you're going to be building a good, healthy, strong body. Um, same thing with your mind. You got to cultivate a good, healthy, strong mind, spirit, energy level. And so, um, and it takes time. It takes practice. It's, you just don't go to the gym once and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You got to go over and over and over again. But also like what you said about not having to be perfect about it, because even if you meditate and it's not perfect, you still made a change. As long as you stay committed to it and give it your best effort, you're going to make a change. And some days are going to be easier than others. As you know, sometimes your kids are going to wake up early and it's going to already throw you in a funk. And so you're sitting there meditating and you're just like, man, I can't do this. But those are, those <laughs> oh are the God. times. Yes. I, sna- I snapped at my son one time for interrupting my meditation. And I thought to myself, this isn't really what it's supposed to be like. You're supposed <laughs> to be chilling out here. Like you're not supposed to be, it's like clinging on to the experience of meditating, you know? But I will say that now my kids are older, they're 10 and 13. And especially when we did the six month RV road trip, we were in a really small RV, not like a home on wheels, <laughs> which in hindsight was not the smartest decision, but we survived. And um, it was so small that if I were to get out of bed in the morning, everybody would be awake. And so I just allowed myself to sleep and later until everybody was up. And then I would go take a walk for an hour mm-hmm. and find a place with my journal and sit by a river or go find a, a beautiful spot and just say, I'm going to go do my morning routine. And now they know, but I'm also more relaxed about it. Like I was so tense when I started the the journey towards this, this inner work, if you will, that it took a long time before you can like really just lighten up. I mean, one of the words, I always have three words for the year. And one of my words last year was light. And it was like, it's light and it's lighten up, like relax, you know? When I talk with my coaching clients who are feeling really stuck and we're talking about, you know, they need more business, they need more deals, the market has shifted, this, that, and the other, and they're they're in panic mode. And I'm like, I get it when there's no business on the horizon and the bank account and the credit cards, you know, are freaking you out. It's valid. Your reality is causing you to panic. Hey, well, that's that's what you were just talking about, right? Your your kids jumping in on your meditation, but you're not you're not getting you're smiling, you're laughing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so what I was saying about like lightening up is that um, when I, when I'm talking with someone who's really stuck, we, we talk about how the thing that they're missing right now, the thing that is most pressing on their brain and stressing them out and causing them to, to panic and worry and fear, right. Is getting more deals and having the income. And then I ask them, so how do you expect that you will feel when you get what you need right now? Right? Like when you get more closings, what kind of feeling are you after? And they're like, I'll feel safe. I'll feel happy, proud of myself, accomplished, you know, content, satisfied, et cetera. And so then 
we turn our attention to how do you find ways to feel those exact same emotions with what you've got going on right now? Like where can you look in your garden or in your home or at the sunrise or something, go take a walk in nature and seek an emotion of safe and happy and satisfied and content and accomplished and look at how far you've come. My goodness. Like oftentimes we talk, how did you know when you were 20 years old, what you'd be capable of? And like so many people have already exceeded their own expectations, which is proof that there's no limit. Those limits that we had self-imposed when we were younger, they were just made up because we didn't know what we were capable of. And we've already far exceeded anything we thought to be realistic back then. So we, it, it proves that the unknown can be extraordinary and far beyond our own imagination right now. So we've got to find the feeling instead of expecting that the deals are going to fill the void, that the money is going to fill the void and that the feeling that we're seeking is somewhere in the future. And again, that's just the work. That's all this stuff is just the woo woo inside out approach. But when clients of mine or students are feeling stuck, I don't tell them to log more calls and log more hours and check more boxes. I tell them to go find something today that will light your soul on fire. Go have the best day of your life, even if just till one o'clock in the afternoon. And I promise when you get back to your desk, you'll be surprised by the brilliant ideas that have come to you while you were having fun. And so we don't need to postpone fun, enjoyment, happiness, satisfaction. We need to prioritize it. We need to prioritize the feeling good in order to find the inspiration and the creativity and all of that comes in the quiet. It comes, it comes when you're out having a good time. I mean, I am a big skier and a mountain biker. And I feel like when I'm out on the trails, all of a sudden I have these brilliant ideas, which is why I have, well, I think they're brilliant. But anyway, when you look at my Instagram, you'll see that half of my videos are me with a helmet on or like somewhere out in nature because I'm like, don't wait, right? Like if you have an idea right then and there, right. act on it. And if you, if your message, and this comes back to like our purpose to contribute be, be, instead of feeling like we're salesy. So when we think that we could make a phone call to somebody and, and the story is that the coach told us, if I make more calls, I'll get more deals. It feels self-serving. There's going to be resistance there. If your purpose of your call is to be curious, to find a way to add value to someone's life that has nothing to do with you and you table your agenda for a minute and you pick up the phone and call someone because you care about them, it's a different energy altogether. And what I say to people is if you're still met with the resistance, if you still have call resistance, it's because you're thinking too much about yourself. So if you have a, mm -hmm. your message and your conversation could add value to someone's life, then shame on you for playing small. If you're thinking about putting a video on social media and you're worried about how your hair looks or what people are going to think of you or making a mistake, but your message could help one person today, then shame on you for playing small. And eventually someone's going to let you know that your message helped them. And that's what we're here to do. So we got to get out of our own way and just light up, lighten up, turn your lights on, and then go ignite the flames of those around you. And you will create a wildfire of opportunity that will be unstoppable. And it's, it's available to all of us. So if I can do it, anyone can. That's how I feel. I just genuinely am passionate about this because I've done both. I've lived the other way and it wasn't fun. It wasn't aligned. It wasn't easy. And the money was fine. It wasn't about that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about the money. It's just about like, do you want to love this yeah. life that's so short and we don't know how long it's going to be? If so, lighten up, have some fun. <laughs> Business will take care of itself. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you live in Colorado, so I know you enjoy life because 
the times I've been to Colorado, it's like an outdoor adventure playground for people. It's, it's an incredible place to live. Um, well, I, I wish this conversation could keep going on and on and on. You just add so much value. I do have a couple quick superhero questions if you're up for it. Always. Sure. Bring it on. All right. All right. Do you have a superhero name? And if not, what would your superhero name be? Ooh, gosh, superhero name. Oh yeah, I do. I have, I have a superhero name. I'm the manifesting ninja. Oh, I love that. Manifesting ninja. That makes complete sense. I can see, um, I can, well, I can see you manifesting things, but as a ninja, that's, that's even, that's taking it to an, another level. It's very, yep. very sneaky, very, uh, very yeah. much, uh, yeah, here I, that's awesome. Well, all right. Manifesting Ninja. What are some of your superpowers? Everything I've ever imagined for myself, I found a way for it to come true. Everything I've ever dreamed of is, has happened and I still have big dreams. So that's why I say the future is unknown, but it's, it's enjoying the unfolding. It's really reminding myself that it's not going to get figured out today, no matter what the problem might be or the block might be. I don't have to figure it all out today. And I don't need to resist the urge to have a good time today. I can just make sure to have a good time today and help others. So um, truly, that's that's the thing, like living in the mountains, doing the road trip, having a beach house. Like These are all pipe dreams. And then somehow they become reality. And I don't even know how, but it's just the manifesting ninja doing its job. <laughs> That's right. No, you, you can manifest. You make, you literally, your superpowers make not only your dreams come true, but your clients' dreams come true. Yeah. So that's a phenomenal superpower. Who are some of your real life superheroes? Um, Sharon Lecter, for sure. She's been my coach. She's the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And she's a speaker and a real estate investor and an author and basically does all the things with grace and she's just an incredible human. Um, I greatly admire Hal Elrod for everything he's overcome and the light he brings to the world. Um, my dad rest in peace was one of my superheroes, you know, my mom, I don't know. There's so many. So those are just a few. That's awesome. Yeah. You had mentioned the morning miracle, um, earlier, Hal was one of the first people on my journey to take me into morning rituals and really just properly aligning yourself in the mornings. And yeah, that guy, that guy's a superhero to me as well. Um, so, all right, well, Manifesting Ninja, I really appreciate your time here on the show today. For everybody listening, once again, this is Aaron, the Manifesting Ninja Bradley. She is a speaker, trainer, best-selling author. The list can go on and on and on. She has her podcast, Pursuing Freedom. Check out her website, pursuingfreedom.com. Go on her Instagram at pursuingfreedomofficial. And before we go, if there is, I know we talked about a lot of tools and things like that, but if there's one takeaway that you would like the audience to have from this conversation that we've had, what would that one takeaway be? Nothing is permanent and there are no rules. So 
you know, I'm repeating something out of probably think and grow rich, but if you can dream it, you can achieve it kind of thing. Um, so nothing's permanent and there's no rules. If something needs to change, it's on you to make it happen. And it's your, it's your life. It's your decision. It's, you know, without guilt or excuse or apology, what do you really want out of this life? And, and how's it working out for you right now? And then what are you willing to do about it? Um, and I welcome anyone to reach out to me, DM me. I love connecting with people. If you've heard this and it resonated with you, I, I just, I love hearing from people and I love connecting. So if I can be of value to anybody, I I'm always here to, I'm here for it. That's perfect. Yeah. What's one of the, uh, easiest ways for people to get a hold of you specifically? Yeah, I would say DM me on Instagram at pursuing freedom official. Um, I'm not great on Facebook. I'm not great on Facebook or LinkedIn. I have accounts, but I'm terrible there. Um, or just email me, Aaron at pursuingfreedom.com and I will definitely get back to you. Not quickly though, because I don't check email frequently. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. No, I love that. I love that. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. It has been so much fun talking with you. I just love your energy. I love everything you do, how you live your life and how you have dedicated your life to changing other people's as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. You got it. So for everybody listening, this is the Superhero by Design podcast. Once again, thank you so much for spending time with me and my fabulous guests. You could be doing anything, spending your time anywhere, but you chose to be here with us. So with that said, remember, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like that, he's gone. Peace out.